Outlet Liquor is your place to buy a case. Stock up and save when you shop the lowest prices available every day at Outlet Liquor. You never have to wait for a sale. The more you buy, the more you save. Only at Outlet Liquor. What's your outlet? Yeah. Bill's Mafia. Don Brown. Yeah. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the bills. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the bills. It's the mafia, I'm with the Buffalo Bills. It's the mafia, you know I'm rocking with the bills. Hey, hey. Who you repping? What's your team? Who you repping? What's your team? You know I'm repping for my team. I got that talent on my team. Micah Hyde, Jordan Boyer, can you catch it? Can you? Trade day is like a mask, do not catch it. Folks, welcome to a brand new episode of the Crowd Assist Podcast presented by Trainwreck Sports. It's Wake, it's Meerkat. Kevin is having a few technical difficulties right now, but he's going to be back in here ASAP. No Rocky. Good thing, though, we got a lot of cleaning business, got an orderly business, whatever the hell it is. We got a lot of stuff to get to at the beginning of the show here. Kevin's here. Great that all of us are here now because we do have a big announcement here on the Crowd Assist Podcast. You might have seen it out on Twitter. Mookie Hawkins might have tweeted it out. We tweeted out from Trainwreck Sports 2. In collaboration with Buffalo Fanbase, we have a new show to announce. It is the Folding Roundtable, a brand new show brought to you by Fanbase and Trainwreck Sports. It's going to be broadcasting live every Thursday from this week until the end of the regular season, probably in the postseason too. Just a weekly Bills roundtable with a brand new lineup every single week. There have been a lot of great people working behind the scenes to make this happen. I want to thank everyone at 26 Shirts, everyone at the fan base. Mookie Hawkins, Robin Mundy have been a fantastic help. And it's finally here. So this Thursday, that is tomorrow, 8 p.m., tune in. Going to talk about everything with Ruben Brown. Bills guard, one of the all-time greats, one of the most beloved Bills, uh, you know, that has played in at least our lifetimes. Uh, so definitely tune in for that. We're excited to get going, but we do have a show tonight to do first. So uh, we'll get our ugly faces back up here. Uh, so we obviously have a lot to talk about. Uh, we got the game against the Detroit Lions last week. Got off to a good start. They had a Bills victory Saturday for the first time maybe ever. <laughs> uh, you know, you know, preseason's weird, but yeah. Uh, and then obviously got a good, we are uh, debut a new segment, our guy Monster, doing a Monster Mash every single week from now until the end of the season. And bring hot takes. And we're going to discuss some of them here too. Uh, so you know what? Let's... Uh, you know, there's been a lot of stadium talk. I know that we've been, uh, you know, Monster touches on that in his first edition of the Monster Mash. So we're going to throw it over to our guy Monster right now uh, with his hot takes for preseason week two. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your man Monster coming through Crosses Podcast, Train Wreck Sports, and I got some Monster Mashes for the masses. Number one, nobody wants a stadium downtown. Leave it in Orchard Park. Number two, Deion Dawkins is fighting COVID prayers out to Deion. He going to beat it. Because you know in Buffalo it always snooze. Hot take number three. Matt Brady will beat out Devin Singletary and Moss and be our starting running back by week three. And last but not least, hot take number four. Your defensive rookie of the year, Buffalo Bills number 50, Greg Rousseau. Book it. I'm Monster. I'll catch your asses down the road. So he does not say mashes for the masses. That's like very common misconception. He said for the masses, like them asses. It, you know, Colin and myself, you know, our interns, we, we were scrambling to put together some some uh, some some, some uh, social copy for it. So we'll we'll make sure we understand that better in the future. But Kevin, I know the stadium 
that's something you definitely wanted to bring up today. So, you know, take the floor. What have you noticed? The the chatting on Twitter, you said your feed's been filled with stadium talk. What have you noticed? <sighs> that everyone has a negotiation opinion um, yes. about the stadium. Um, yeah. It's interesting to see. It's tough to get involved in the weeds of this because you can go down rabbit holes that you don't want to be in um, on any end of this thing. Um, I'm in the camp that it's just negotiating. Like this is just where it's at. Yep. The stadium will be an OP. I think with the new um, governor being from Hamburg is going to help a lot. Mm -hmm. um, I quite frankly don't even think it's, I think it's hilarious. You would consider the team even moving. I, I'm a little bit more disappointed in some things I've seen out there with the Sa with Sabres Twitter, trying to kind of skew it about how bad they've been with the Sabres. Yeah. Um, been a little bit disappointing that by the buffalo news i think have been awful between the piece on how bad the stadium currently is to the piece mm -hmm. that was wrong about what they were asking about with austin texas um I, I don't think that was great 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 reporting at all i wouldn't give them a single piece of information going forward if i was the bills but <laughs> to me to me it stays in orchard park it's a billion 1.1 cheaper i'm a mr put it in the city guy oh uh, yeah one, me too, but 1.1 cheaper uh, it's just too much money and then everyone's like well retractable roof you make more money four months of the year yeah you're gonna make up that 1.1 bill um <laughs> plus the roof you know another 1.5 bill not happening so i'm sorry i love billy joel glad that you can still have concerts at the stadium um <laughs> i just don't know how much you buy to have eric church there in january um i don't know i don't really yeah. think it it adds a ton <laughs> in the winter anyways with saber season um what are you what are you looking to add during those some of those months anyways i don't know yeah i'm feeling pretty good about op i don't know what meerkat feels about that topic but i think it's going in op i agree with uh um monster on that and i just mm -hmm. don't see it's a joke that people are you're trying to skew it like i mean this is just the early stages of negotiations and nowhere have they threatened to yeah move. yeah no, no it was that was really it, it was honestly like just immoral communications by in journalism by you know by whoever leaked that. i remember it's pro football talk i think were, were the people oh, that officially yeah i mean they're they're say what you want about them as a news source they're a fun twitter account sometimes and they're on top of some national stories but this was definitely not one of them um you know i, I have my thoughts about a downtown stadium but meerkat i'll let you go first how do you feel about the development so far confidence in the team staying in buffalo just general thoughts here uh, first off, I'm confident I'm staying in Buffalo. I agree. The Austin thing or whatever, that was all fraudulent, made up, bargaining yep. technique, whatever you want to call it. That's bullshit. They're not leaving Buffalo. There's no chance they're leaving Buffalo. Uh, <laughs> but if we're talking OP versus downtown. I'm a, I'm a diehard OP, keep it an OP guy. Hat think it's looking, it's going to be an OP. It's, there's yeah. no downtown stadium happening. That's just not happening. Um, and <laughs> what I want to happen, no, I like where it is right now. It's, you know, people are like, oh, well, it's not in Buffalo. There's a lot of teams whose stadium is not directly in the stadium. Where there are, are two teams who don't even play in their home state. So, yeah, <laughs> right. So it's one of those things where I don't know, downtown stadium. I know there you can argue against travel into the city and traffic and yeah. lack of tailgating and things like that. I just. I don't see it. If they can find a way to really make it work, 
cool, but I think it's more of a pipe dream than anything. Something maybe they're talking about in another 40, 50 years. If who knows what's going on then? Yeah, that's something that maybe our kids, our grandkids will, will, will maybe see a Bill Stadium downtown. But, you know, wh where we are right now, like I, I went to a Cincinnati Bengals and Pittsburgh Steelers playoff game back in 2015. And I think the Cincinnati Bengals are a perfect example. And I haven't been to a ton of road stadiums. I've been to like five or six or so. Um, but theirs is the prime example of why you do not rush to put a stadium downtown. So we went to this game. And if you guys don't remember, in 2015, it's the game where everyone on the Bengals was hurt. And the Bengals fans were throwing beer bottles at Ben Roethlisberger, if you remember that. And so, you know, we get yep. back to the we get back to the parking garage and we're right by the stadium. OK, and our plan is to go to Waffle House after the game. OK. And it's 10 minutes away in Kentucky because Cincinnati, Ohio is like 10 minutes away from Kentucky because of that. It's just incredible that way. And what took us, what should have been a 10 minute drive to a Waffle House ended up being an hour and a half because it's just the infrastructure. It was not in place. The stadium, it's a beautiful stadium. It's in a fantastic spot from like an eyes perspective. Like it just looks great. The downtown's part looks amazing. The downtown stadium looks in Cleveland looks amazing too. But these are cities that just didn't have the infrastructure in place. And, like, if you've gone to a Sabres game, you know how impossible it is. Like, I, I personally, I like the idea of having the stadium. I think, Kevin, you said, said this on Twitter earlier this week, uh, of the stadium being built on, like, the graveyard of Tailgate's past. I think that's fun. That could be a fun YouTube series. Interns bookmark that now so we can make that uh, when we have a new stadium. Um, but I'm not worried about them moving. Chad DeMinicis is one of the Sabres Twitter guys who has approached this the right way. And I, he said that it's going to get uglier before it gets better, but it should not result in them moving. That's kind of where I'm at. I'm going to get sick of it, but I'm confident that they'll stay in Buffalo. Well, I don't he think was one of the ones that yet. brought up a lot of problems, too. Like, really? Oh, I didn't see that. I only saw yeah. the rational tweet from Chad. Man. Yeah, saying, like, why would they negotiate like this, this, and that? Like, yeah. um, Okay. Um, but, yeah, and I mean, uh, I mean, to me, it's it's a matter of – pretty straightforward the team is not going anywhere guys like mm -hmm. i just think it's silly and, and the lies that have been told in the media are 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 unfortunate yeah um and uh, you got to put the team where it's going to make more sense my final point on this topic today is yeah. the yankees and the mets i'm a huge yankees fan everyone should know that yeah i'm, got, I'm not I, happy about that got but... <laughs> well beside dominating boston um besides that they also um Got a ton of money. The president yeah. is there. Like, what do you do in any negotiation, legal, business, whatever? You have a precedent. You have a precedent if you're the pool. As you go, the Mets got this much money. Yep. It, it, there's a precedent there in the state. It isn't a negotiation. It's you, you made, did they start higher? Maybe the reports were maybe they did. We don't know that for sure, but mm -hmm. it's, they know they're going to need to share costs. And the precedent is there. The state gave money to the other baseball teams that play in the state. Mm -hmm. It's there. The precedent's there. You're not going to be able to get around it if you're the state. Um, it's going to be a tough battle for them to not come up with at least similar types of money that Yankee Stadium took. Um, 60%. I mean, that's what the Mets got. So yeah. mm -hmm. it is what it is. Why are we standing on? Here's my final point. Why are we standing on the platform of this? Mm -hmm. Oh, but when it comes to where I live and the team I love, the public shouldn't fund it. Why? Like they, they're, they're funding the Yankees, the, the team yeah. that either love or you hate they're funding them like they're funding the Mets but yeah. when it comes to Buffalo like where you love or you like to 
watch and everything you love about it. You yeah. don't think we should fund that? And the, the one time yeah. that we need something yeah. in this part of the country? Or say, exactly. What are you thinking? Exactly. A big reason for, you know, Buffalo's resurgence is the bills. Like, and it's going to keep contributing to that, whether the stadium's downtown or not. Like, honestly, it will. Um, and so, yeah, I just, no one's richer than the Steinbrenners. Exactly. No one, like, yeah. Like, like the public's going to shuck up most of the money for it. That's, that's a given. That's how it always happens. That shouldn't be news to us, but there, there is the shock factor of hearing it for the first time in the process that just people kind of, it's just an overreaction. The Beer city Cal- I live in doesn't deserve 1.4 bill. Why not? Yeah, Why don't yeah. we deserve that from the public? Yeah. It's it, it's not even direct taxpayer money. Someone had a great mm-hmm. article on that. The other oh, really? Day, but okay. Yeah, it's it's the, the way it works <laughs> isn't quite at that like your do- dollar you pay to to your your taxes go right there. Um, believe it or not, the state of New York is going to have to pay a lot of money. It's not just your orchard exactly. park taxes. It's mm-hmm. Manhattan. Make them make them pay for something up here for once. A nice, beautiful monument in the other part of the state. <laughs> Pretty simple. Why would you not want that in where you live? It's going to be yeah. a beautiful place for people to go and tour and whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Monster Mash had four hot takes. We're going to get to take number two. Uh, not really much of a take. I think we're all on board with the fact that Deion Dawkins, when he battles back and when he's back from COVID, that he will be a monster himself. But um, th- I think there is something to be said here. And earlier on WGR, Sal Capaccio had a really, really good point is that people's reactions to Dawkins sharing the story were not how is Dawkins feeling? When is he going to be back? What does, what is this? How does this affect the football team? It was just arguing about whether or not the vaccine works. And I'm not going to tell you whether or not it works. I make my opinions on that very clear on Twitter. I'm not going to make them clear on this podcast itself. Um, but we, that's how I, I just... My my word of advice is maybe just listen to Sal Capaccio there because we don't have to argue about COVID every time it gets brought up in the media. Like Dawkins almost died. That's the reality of the situation. He was in hospital. He was on a ventilator. He had shortness of breath. That's what we should be talking about. We should not be arguing with each other. Um, you know, Meerkat, are you? I'm. I for one, I'm not totally nervous about Dawkins coming back. Him losing the 15 pounds that he mentioned does concern me a little bit. But I know if there's anybody in the NFL or any team in the NFL who can get someone back from something like this, it might be the Bills and the training staff that they have, right? So I'm not going to lie. I'm definitely concerned because I don't think Dawkins is going to be ready for to play in either of these preseason games. I know he just got back to practice. He's participating in, you know, full go practices. But the, the reports are he's not looking great. He says himself he's not feeling great. Mm-hmm. Um, it, when coming back from that after a weight loss like that, I know it's not the same situation as say a Tommy Sweeney, but when it hits you that hard, there are effects that linger a lot of the time, I guess. Yeah. So I'm concerned because if he doesn't get a single preseason snap, that obviously means Josh Allen should not see a single preseason snap. 100%. And heading into the week one without much real camp participation or preseason as your left tackle losing weight coming off of that. That scares the shit out of me. Definitely. <laughs> now, do I believe you know Dawkins is committed to getting back one thousand percent? Sure. Yeah. No doubt. In front of him no doubt. But am I concerned right now? Yes. Mm-hmm. Kevin, uh, I I feel I feel you know we don't argue a lot on this podcast. There's never a lot of arguing, and and this isn't exactly like a take that's right or wrong. Uh, I guess, but like, are you, are you worried about him coming back? Obviously week one might be a stretch, but long-term outlook maybe. Yes. I mean, I've seen it in other sports. Um, If you look at, you know, I've watched baseball one that has been hit hard and, um, and and they're not even as quite as physical as they are in that sport. Um, So to me, I am worried. I've watched it cause problems for different baseball players. 
Um, you know, I don't know that you can be super physical coming off that needing to regain your strength and your weight and everything else. The bills will tell me all I need to know in a week That's or true. two what they do at the position. I mean, to be honest with if they trade, if they sign someone. Mm -hmm. Yep. I think there's worry there. Am I overly worried? Uh, it's tough. I'm not, but I do think at some stage without any progress, I do start to get worried about not just week one, but a couple of weeks into the season. I do think it takes a good, good mm -hmm. chunk of time to, to even get back to where you can be physical again, like on this, on this type of offensive line in the NFL level, mm -hmm. not a, not a first baseman. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, we'll see what happens. Um, but I am, I am a little bit, I am a little bit worried about it because I know how serious COVID is. Um, and, um, I, you know, it's just quite frankly, if he didn't have a shot or two, he wasn't two weeks past the second dose, which is what we yeah. consider immunity uh, in New York yes. state. Um, it saved his life potentially yeah, though. It could have, um, so you, you might look at it like I didn't work. I look at it like I kind of saved the guy's life. And that's the way he's looking at it too. And from the way he's talked to his family or he's talked about how his family reacted, that's the way they see it uh, as well. If he had that so, bad of a dose with it, I mean, you could only imagine. Yeah, imagine without it. Yeah. You know, the, the last thing that you could really say is just thank God that he's feeling better. First and yep. foremost, beyond him just being a football player, he's a human being and that's absolutely And then terrifying. he was open and honest about it and, and just – just had a great interview. It was, I mean, it was a phenomenal mm -hmm. watch for anyone who hasn't seen it. Yeah. One of the most genuine dudes on the bills. Um, yep. Another, another guy on the bills, the monster had a take on it says Matt Burita could be not could be, will be RB one by week three. I have been riding. I've been driving the Matt Burita hype train this off season. I'm not even this high on it, but I think I still stand by my prediction and I have a bet with my friend that he could be the bills scrimmage yards leader for a running back by the end of the year. And it's not because he's going to have the most attempts as a running back. It's just because I think that he offers the most in the passing game, which is what the bills do the most. And so it's not saying he's the best running back on this roster. I think just based on what this roster does, he will be maybe if you're talking fantasy, he could be the Bills RB1 out of Zach Moss, Devin Singletary, and himself by the end of the season. Uh, I don't know if I'm ready to say he'll be the go-to guy come week three, though. Uh, Kevin, you were unimpressed, to say the least, with Matt Burita after the first preseason game. Maybe talk a little bit about why. Yeah, you're looking at his yards per carry, and I know the offensive line um, wasn't particularly great in the preseason game, but you know, you're talking about a defense who was just coming together for the first time in their first game as well. So you can look at it both ways. 2.7 yards per carry. He didn't look especially able to break tackles, which isn't supposed to be his forte. Um, you know, I think it leaves a little bit to be desired when a guy you're supposed to have running outside at a high yards per clip goes 2.7 in preseason. Usually this is where you're supposed to feast. Hope it gets better. I'm, I'm also weighing in the Miami season with injuries and didn't look very good either. Not just one preseason game that matters more. Didn't look good. I mean, he was going against, you know, Savion Ahmed, um, you know, and mm -hmm. a couple other guys there at times at the, in the Miami running back room, including, you know, Miles Gaskin and others. Yeah. Uh, it's not like he had this big room um, to worry about, like you sitting behind some big guns or something um, like, you know, even you could Tony Pollard or something in Dallas, um, <laughs> to me, I, I just don't see it guys. I think he'll be a complimentary piece. I think I love what I saw at a Singletary. I think they're going to ride him, And I mean, they're going to ride him. Maybe he'll have a short leash at times, but I think they're going to ride Singletary for the majority of the season. Meerkat had Singletary as his most improved bill this off season when we did those predictions. So you probably don't fly with this, do you? 
No, yeah, I've been riding the Singletary RB1 train for a while now, and it's finally catching some steam, albeit due to a Zach Moss injury and a good preseason game. So mm-hmm. got to take everything with a grain of salt, especially in the preseason. Brita, yep. I mean, you take out his one eight-yard rush. He had nine for 19. Like, that's just not yeah. good at all. He, I guess he caught mm-hmm. both of his targets, but I see him being a complimentary piece of anything. If Zach Moss is due to miss, you know, a couple of weeks, maybe he gets and. 15 yeah. touches in a couple games, but I, I just don't see him being a critical part of this offense. I see him being a valuable piece and a guy who's mm-hmm. used, but I don't see him being a critical, you know, leading in snaps type running back this season at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I could see that. I was obviously high on him uh, and, and I'll own that when I'm eventually probably wrong about it, but you know what? Uh, that's what football is. It's about being wrong. And I don't know if monster's wrong about this take, uh, you know, says Gregory Rousseau will be the defensive rookie of the year. He is plus 160. He is in the top 10. He's actually ninth in odds to be rookie of the year. After that, I don't, I and, you know, Meerkat and I were higher on him than anybody. So we will say that there's a room where this, or a world where this does happen. Um, but I don't want to overreact to a rookie beating a rookie in the first preseason game on like the first series. Like, yes, Penny Suel is supposed to be, you know, a generational offensive line talent, but generational talents can struggle in their rookie years in case anybody really needed to hear that. Um, so Meerkat, we'll keep hyping up Russo. Like I think he could win rookie of the year at plus 1600. He's a great value there. Do you think that realistically it could happen this year? Yeah, I see a reality where it could happen. I mean, if he hits double-digit sacks somehow, and, mm-hmm. you know, Greg, uh, when we were at lunch with him, we and Maniac, actually, we were talking, Greg Thompson, cover one, yeah. said... I thought you were meaning Greg Rousseau. Uh, no, he's like, there's a, well, yeah, Greg, Greg talking Greg. Uh, <laughs> and I said, you know, he's, he, people are saying, like, he, he, he could be special with what he's looked like so far. And, I mean, it came mm-hmm. to fruition in that game. Suwell's definitely, you know, he's a rookie struggling, but he's one of those guys who's supposed to be a big talent. And it, it really happened because Rousseau is so big and lengthy and Suwell has short arms. If you see the exactly. picture, you know, of him holding him out. But that's what you want to see out of a guy with long arms. That <laughs> You know, bodying somebody who is that big with that much power and speed combined and still get to the quarterback disrupt plays. I loved what we saw out of Greg Rousseau. I uh, see him on DraftKings at like plus 2,000 tied with guys like Christian oh, wow. Barmore, defensive tackle, and, you know, Nick Bolton, oh. a guy who I'm not high on at all this year. So mm-hmm. in terms of value and from a betting standpoint, I'd be all over Greg Rousseau, flyer at least, but de- guaranteed defensive rookie of the year. I mean, you know me. I am. I love Micah Parsons. So Yeah, no, he I'll is. Leave it at that. Yeah, Micah Parsons is the odds-on favorite for it right now. Uh, Kevin, do, do you think – what percentage chance maybe would you give Greg Rousseau at winning rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year? Eight. Eight. That's not Eight bad. That's a good digits. percentage. Yeah, 8%, yeah. 8% huge sack. I mean, it would take like huge sack. I mean, they very rarely, I mean, it's tough mm-hmm. to do yeah. um, at this position. I don't see it. I'm sorry, guys. I don't see mm-hmm. him being even in the top five. I see him maybe ninth. That's probably right. <laughs> I like, I like, is that the betting odds? Ninth? Yeah. Where I'm looking yeah. right now, the, it's he's somewhere between plus 1600 and plus 2000 right now, based on where you're looking. Fit the 10th sounds about right. And that's a great year. I mean, I yeah. just, I don't, I don't see him in the top. I don't even see him not only first, not in the top five. I mean, I see yeah. him 
six sacks. I don't think he's going to be overly productive elsewhere yeah. just in his first year. Um, so, I mean, I got him as a good building year, maybe comes through with that top 10 voting, you know, I, mm-hmm. but no, I don't, I don't see him beating out guys like Parsons at all. What stands in the way his mo in what stands in his way the most, I'm sorry, is that just the, the defensive line already has a rotation to it and yeah, he just might exactly. not have the opportunity. Um, I don't think it's the right scheme. Yeah, it might not be the right scheme. Absolutely. Um, but you know, staying on the defensive side of the ball, defense looks pretty good in the Lions game, uh in the Lions game last week. So you talk about that a little bit. You know, Dane Jackson, Levi Wallace, one of the biggest battles of the offseason so far. And Levi I think clearly has the step up on him. And, you know, I I like what I saw from Levi in the limited bit of the preseason. He had that one pass breakup in the end zone. That was just like a a genuinely really, really nice play. I mean, I know it's the preseason, but he's making plays and that's what you have to do to win the job, especially when the guy behind you kind of really isn't. Now, Dan Jackson apparently has had a really good uh, camp this past week. Ever since the preseason game, he probably knows that he has to step it up. Um, you know, I just, I just don't see a world where Dane Jackson comes away with CB two by week one. I just, it can't no, happen. There's no chance as much as Kevin hates Levi and I, I I'm okay with <laughs> Levi. I don't love him. I don't hate him. Uh, wish he wasn't the CB two, but am I okay with it? Kind of. Yeah, sure. Whatever. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, Dane wasn't that great. And you know, it's kind of, it seems cemented as long as Levi doesn't do something atrocious. Like he plays one drive and yeah. You know, <laughs> in the preseason, he's going to mm-hmm. match him up against fits. It might happen. Yeah, um, I know. You're not, you're not looking forward to but, that Cam Sims matchup. I know that Kevin. No, <laughs> yeah. That, if we're talking I'm, secondary right now though, do you know yeah. who I'm buying stock in? Like Elijah ASAP? Griffin? No, no. Josh McCloud. Josh Thomas, okay. Josh Thomas I don't know. He looks good in every single play he was out on the field. Yeah. He was always around the ball. He had speed. He had power. <laughs> was he the one who let him in? Sna- no, Demar Hamlin let him in snaps. Right. Never mind. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But, but either way, yeah, you're right. No, Josh it's direct Thomas competitor with Hamlin. Was, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, direct competitor. He stood out. He had a tackle for a loss. He had a pass break. Uh, he lo- he looked good and. Just yeah. a guy who stuck out. He was on the field a lot in every single play. Ended up near the ball, at least in some capacity, which you love to see out of us, you know, at least a depth safety was, like He that. was going into uh, against starters at times against um, Detroit, and he struggled a little bit early on in the game, but I thought he, you know, really proved that he could be the fourth safety on this roster. Mm-hmm. So interesting play. to watch him versus Hamlin. We'll see if they give up on their draft pick, but they've hoarded, they've hoarded Josh Thomas from Appalachian state. They've hoarded him on the roster to make sure he's still here to this minute. So it is going to be interesting. You know, I think one will be on the team, one will be on the practice squad, but it will be an interesting battle down to the very end there. And they didn't retain Dean Marlowe for a reason. So, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's an interesting I, battle. I am a Jaquan Johnson truther. So, <laughs> yeah, he offers a lot of versatility. The one guy stocked down on in the secondary, Saran Neal. I thought he was horrible. He couldn't even cover backup slot receivers. He got and he's shook had a good out of his camp hands. until now too. It's a shame. He's he's I just an absolute camp special guy. Teams. I think he's spe- I think he makes the roster. This is a special yeah. teams, a depth nickel corner guy who can be brought in on like I guess like some support packages, maybe a blitz, you know, here or there. Yep. But mm-hmm. I, I don't see him contributing meaning they run the least amount of dime in the league um no yeah. four corners they never run four corners so anyone trying to figure out the fourth corner doesn't matter they don't play them <laughs> um it's really fourth and fifth or depth pieces will Neal maybe or gwen because special teams yeah it'll be the fifth corner on the roster but i'm still not convinced here's 
Kevin's hot take. I'm Let's not go. convinced Dane Jackson makes the roster. It's not a hundred percent a certainty. Okay. I think he's been bad. It's not my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not at camp every day. Um, <laughs> we need to see an uptick for him to fight off the other cornerback. I don't think yeah. his roster, especially with Levi winning mm-hmm. the second, the, the number four corner needs to be able to do a lot. Usually it's a vet, like we've seen in Josh Norman, mm-hmm. Kevin Johnson. Usually it's a vet. Usually sometimes that players to be able to play teams. I'm not convinced it's Dane Jackson on the roster. Could they keep a guy like Saran Neal, obviously? Cam Lewis, maybe. Could they go different ways in, in hoarding one of those Nick McLeods or um, Elijah Griffins? Maybe. I don't Elijah know if they're convinced. He gets claimed. Why not put yeah. him as a premier uh, practice squad guy? Yeah. I don't think that he – if he didn't win the starting job, I'm not 100% sure Dane Jackson's a starting corner. A move gets made by Brandon Bean, and it's either at corner – Probably not tight end at this point, but it's either at corner or offensive tackle. But I think you, I think you know right off the bat. I don't think if he doesn't win the job, I don't. Why is he a hundred percent a roster lock with with as deep yeah. as his roster is? I'm not saying he is. I think Cam Lewis played one of the best out of the cornerback room. Um, so mm-hmm. you know we'll see. Mm-hmm. And he made the roster over Taron before, so we're gonna see. Yeah. Um, we're going to see what happens here, but I don't think Dane Jackson's not a stone cold lock. You always bring up teams loving their rosters too, and certain guys that most people might seem afraid of losing, you know, yeah. try moving to the practice squad. But I think Dane's a guy who I think we could clear to the practice squad in that I think situation. So too. Could be. Yeah. Um, but Arizona might up, take him just because they know he can lock down D hop three times in a game. <laughs> you, you brought up, uh, Making a move potentially a tight end too. A guy whose stock I think went up was Tommy Sweeney. I mean, he only had two catches, but he got three targets. Mm-hmm. He got thirty-four yards, and you know mm-hmm. the, they were. I think they were both. One was eighteen. Yeah. One was like sixteen or something. But he's like in a boot. It's, it's he's like, in a. That's what hurts. He's, a, he's mm-hmm. in a boot, but it doesn't seem like it's a major issue after missing all of last year. They made sure to keep him around. He's had a good camp. He looks like he's all the way back. And this is a guy coming out drafted who is kind of a sleeper guy to make some noise at tight end. I mean, he's got decent athleticism. He's a decent blocker and he's got incredible hands. I know right off the rip uh, when, after we drafted him, he had some issues adjusting, you know, Josh Allen's 150 mile per hour bombs, <laughs> but uh, he's a guy who looked good in this game. He looked back, and tight end is kind of open. I mean, Knox is a lock, let's be real. But other than that, it, it's up to, you know, the Hollister um, and uh, hit him pretty much to try to fight for that tight end two spot right now. Yeah, I would say Hollister probably has the inside track for it. But Sweeney did look good on those two catches. I mean, like, there were two catches in the preseason. So, like, how much can you really say? Um, but, you know, he he does look like a physically – he is a physically gifted tight end who can make plays out there. You know, the one ball that he caught was not a perfect throw, and he did kind of have to high point it a little bit. So, it was nice to see that not be a drop. If it was Dawson yeah. Knox, I'd be worried about it midair. Tommy oh, Sweeney, yeah. he might have – he might have better hands than Dawson – Oh, no, well, Gary, well, like 1,000%. Yeah, he is okay. a tight end room. Like, yeah, no, yeah. Mm-hmm. Tommy, Tommy Sweeney coming out of college was drafted mm-hmm. where he was, not because of athleticism or blocking. It was because he, he had sure fire hands. Yeah, he's like an mm-hmm. Isaiah Hodgins. He, the, the Duke can just oh, he, okay. Well, you know, okay. on that no. I'm not being a complete homer because Hodgins mm-hmm. is on my stock down. I, I, you just, I mean, he's getting injured sucks. Yeah, I mean, Stevenson's yeah, the guy that's on the on the border now. I think Stevenson did whatever he yeah, could to be in this in this, that's, in this that's position. Hodgins didn't yeah. do anything to go down himself. It was getting hurt, and Stevenson looking so good, and Kumaro 
you know, still with his hype. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, Stevenson. I mean, I don't know if he makes the fifty-three. I re- I feel like Hodgins would be the last one to make the fifty-three. What was that? I said it's so hard for me to like think of him and McKenzie. Plus, he had good return, and he looked way better than Brandon Powell, who they tried to make a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, to yeah, me, I, I think don't... they have two premier practice squad guys. It's their sixth round picks. It's Hodgins and it's Marquis Stevenson. They're hoping yep. that they don't get claimed. But those are the two guys first in with a single injury. Stevenson so. offers some kick return ability, some deep play. I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's possible he could sneak on the roster. That'd be the seventh receiver position. But it's mm-hmm. one that I don't really think that the team does. They've never shown evidence to do the seven receiver thing. No. Um, I don't think there's really a competitor to those six. I think Kumro does it on teams and he does. I think so. It, I just don't think that either of them can, can, can knock anyone out. But I think those are two premier top guys um, for their practice squad that they want, like that they probably of maybe five players they really hope don't get claimed. Yeah, no, like it's that, that catch by Stevenson where he's burnt the receiver from, put it in the bucket for him. Like if, if that was a little further out in front of Stevenson, yep. that would have been a touchdown, which is a real shame. He ran a fantastic route there. Um, but that's a route that gets you onto a practice squad or that helps you make a roster. So um, you know, I, I, I do like him as a developmental kind of wide receiver, and he's someone that I think could be exciting in the future. But obviously, it was one play in the preseason, so not overreacting. Overreaction Monday pods are going to be around, but we're, we're not overreacting right now. Uh, you know, maybe maybe let's overreact about Bobby Hart because the rest of Twitter is, no, we're not going to do that. He's How the about we overreact player? about the guy who said he didn't realize people were Bills fans or whatever that tweet was today? Did anyone Wait, see what? that? No, no, Kevin, do it. Bring it up. Yeah, I didn't see that. You didn't realize how oh, you, you didn't like, see Bills, that? Bills no, I didn't. Cared I about was, it or Bills football or something. He's like, I can't yeah. believe I never knew people um, cared about Bills football. Um, <laughs> like, really? And did the past? Uh, if you five like it, good. But NFL, wow. Tell you he was like, he was like, like, if you like it, good. But wow, like. It was all stemmed from a guy who I was having a party. I has a fair amount of followers here in Buffalo. Yeah, of course. And no one wanted he put his party of some sort, I don't even know, on yeah. um the home opener and didn't know why people were RSVPing no. Well, dude, it's the home read the room. Like like it doesn't <laughs> matter if you like it. I, I don't like certain things, but I read the room. Like yeah, it doesn't really matter. Like you don't pick a Sunday at the home opener coming off of COVID or any home opener any as home the opener, day yeah. to have a party. Like fail, like it was. It got a lot of steam and attention, and yeah. Um, my, my one ex girlfriend, her birthday always fell in the home home opener weekend, or like the first weekend of the NFL season, and she hates the Bills, and I hate her now. So like that just makes home opening weekend opening weekend in the NFL just yep. even sweeter for me. <laughs> um, yep. You know, I we we are gonna have to get out of here soon, unfortunately. It's been it's been a quick paced podcast, so I really like that. Before let's just go around the room one time. One guy who impressed us in the preseason game. And one guy who needs to do better. I'll start because the guy who needs to do better for me easily is Rashad Wild Goose. I think he's a draft pick that can be cut with how he's played right now. He has not looked very, very good. He got burned a lot in that Detroit game, at least more than I would like to see. Uh, you know, so especially against third and fourth teamers, like that's just that's not what you want out of a draft pick. He was someone who people thought could possibly step in as a CB4, which we don't really really need that anyways. But like, you know, anyone who had him as a slipper, as you know, maybe step as CB2, CB3 going over Dane Jackson. Uh, it's a bit of a pipe dream at this point. Uh, and one guy whose stock rose, uh, I, I'm going to say, I mean, at least in the eyes of, um, at least in the eyes of Bills fans, like Andre Smith, I don't think anybody expected him to look that 
good, and I just don't quite know why. I think he's a lock for the roster with how he played. He had that one-handed interception that if it weren't for the, the roughing the passer penalty would have been ESPN's top play of the week. It was a ridiculous catch. So, um, yeah, Andre Smith up and Wild Goose down. Uh, Meerkat, and then Kevin will let you round out the show. Uh, my up is just Davis Webb. I still think we're going to go oh. with two quarterbacks I'm, mm-hmm. like, with Webb as the practice squad guy. But, you know, there was a, somewhat of a competition between him and Fromm for that practice squad guy for sure. I'm sure Fromm delivered the game-winning drive, but still, throw to Stevenson wasn't that great. He didn't look too great outside of that. And Webb looked good, you know, both with his legs on the mm-hmm. run and uh, throwing the ball not saying Davis Webb making this roster is going to, you know, impact, <laughs> you know, making the Bills or not. But I, he will off of the field. He's that type of guy. They love his brain. They love his presence around the team. And now he showed, hey, you know, I can't be a third quarterback if need be. He played really well and then stocked down. I know we've been saying he's not going to make the roster. And some people like him, too. He's a fan favorite. But Antonio Williams didn't do anything to impress me at all in that game. He had seven carries for 15 yards and a fumble. I You just want to see more out of him. It was the same with receptions, three for nine, just – not much out of him against not great competition after, you know, kind of getting some Bills fans excited a bit there. Great dude doing a lot of things off of the field that are really cool. And I wish him all the success, but I that was not a good showing from him. No, not at all. Kevin, new names to bring up. I like the Andre Smith pick. Um, I thought no one had him on their roster. I think he's definitely stock up. He's almost on my Stone Cold Locks list. I think he's Love the best linebacker. Um, you know, you know, Joe Giles Harris has played really well. It's a good unit. It really is a good unit. It's deep. Uh, yeah. yeah. Unlike other units that I'm having trouble with cornerback, I have a good good time to the linebacker. I think Andre Smith's been good. I think Joe Giles Harris has been good. I thought Mike mm-hmm. Bell was okay, and he was one of the yeah. first. Yeah. Um, I, I thought he was at least worth a couple more weeks. Um, yeah. But I thought the linebacker room was pretty good. Um, just just all the way around, and you know that's not even including some of the other guys that um, you know that they brought in that we thought were stone cold locks. But for me, um, stock down on Matt Breida. We talked about him earlier. I'm trying yeah, to pick a guy right. that's on the 53, and it's yeah, gonna be Matt sure. Breida. I thought more out of him. I thought he would just kind of run away in these preseason games, like be overly good. I thought it would be the opposite reaction, like, oh, he needs to start. Um, Matt Breida's stock down on Matt Breida. I, I just, I just. Wild Goose is another one. He played horrible. I thought he was yeah. cuttable, bad, that bad to me. Yeah, was with Wild Goose. Uh, I thought I thought he was just just a train wreck, to be honest. But I mean, you can't not go stock up on Stevenson. I mean, he showed yeah, he that's... beat his. He ran a lot of good routes. I thought he looked good returning the balls. Where he's actually going to make the roster stock mm-hmm. up on Stevenson to the point where I'm trying to think of a way he could sneak onto the roster. But I think he might get claimed. Um, Recent draft picks do have people just scouted them, just went through the yep. draft process with them. A lot more likely to get claimed than Hodgins. I think that, especially you know, with the injury. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Three, three. So the quarterback situation is going to be easy. Webb's going to be on the practice squad. But do they like enough of Fromm to keep him on the roster? They, I mean, I don't know. Will they use a roster spot there? They've done weirder mm-hmm. things. My uh, question is. Year. 
Mm -hmm. My question is, does someone like him enough to trade for him and put them on their roster? I think if Fromm continues, maybe puts together a few more game-winning drives in the preseason, that could happen. And that's something I'm rooting for, to be honest, because that's something – that's Brandon Bean playing chess with other teams or playing checkers. Uh, But that's going to do it for us here on the Chronicles Podcast. Stay tuned for what's Trainwreck watching. Going live in about five minutes. Stay tuned just after that. Free Money Football. Meerkat has a busy night ahead of him. And a busier night one tomorrow. Busy – wow, busier one tomorrow. Jesus. Busier one. Busier one one tomorrow with the folding round table debuting on all Buffalo fan base and train wreck sports channel. So stay tuned for that as well. But until tomorrow night, finger guns from us. Good night.